This is Railroad Rudy. For those of you that can't get a Valentine this year, just tell them you were a former Chattanooga heavyweight wrestling champion. Worked for me. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 575. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And I am here alongside Brandon. Make sure that you check us both out on Instagram and Twitter. But more importantly, check out Markin' Out at Markin' Out. On Instagram, Markin' Out 11. Send us an email, but also check out MarkingOut.com. Listen to all of the past episodes. Make sure that you buy a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Also, head over to Manscaped.com where you can use the discount code REGARDLESS to receive free shipping and handling. And what was that discount? 20%? Yeah. Three. 20%. That's right. 20% discount. All you have to use is that promo code, regardless. But, enough of that. Let's get on with this show. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome, as always. Chris will be joining us a little bit later on. Well, joining me, I should say. But, uh, how, how have you been? You've been absent for quite some time. Yeah, I've been, uh... I've been away. Well, um, quite some time. I, I think a, it was a week. <laughs> yeah, a week. Um, yeah, I had a physical therapy conference in San Antonio, Texas. So I went to Austin, Texas, and then over to San Antonio, Texas. And it was a lot of fun. It was really, really beneficial. I did some pre-conference uh, courses for on leadership skills, and it was incredible. I met so many people, and I'll tell you, there are so many wrestling fans out there. So many. Oh. I was talking to people at the conference about wrestling. I was even talking to the waiter about wrestling. Hopefully they're listening. Yeah, I told them, hey, tune, t- tune into Mark and out, and we were going through pictures, and they were he, he met James Ellsworth and all of this, and it was awesome to to just talk to a wrestling fan down there. But it was great. I loved it. I The downside was is that the weather did not hold up completely. It was very windy, very cold. Uh, there are many nights on the river walk where you go walking on the river. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But it was so cold that they closed down some restaurants. They would close down some bars. So this way, if you went up and down the strip walking... You didn't have anywhere else to go but to walk. And it was very windy. So that was one of the uh, the downsides is the weather not holding up. We did have a few nice days in between, but the weather would have been it would have been nicer if the weather held up totally. And food, good food, what? 
Uh, food was delicious. Went to an Italian restaurant. I uh, got some crab stuffed salmon, um, and that was delicious. Why did you just pronounce the L? I don't know. I don't know. But it was delicious. I had a little bit of yard house. Um, is, I ate, is that alcohol? What is that? It's a, I guess, a franchise uh, place for. It's like a beer slash restaurant uh. place. Um, and then I went to. Uh, I had food at Margaritaville. That's, I know. So I'm, come on. I'm not supposed to go come to franchises. <laughs> I know. I know. Yard House is a franchise. Margaritaville is a franchise. But in my defense, it Margaritaville was the only place open until 11 p.m. and I didn't eat anything what? the entire day. So I why, needed why were places food. closing before 11? I don't know. They, they did. They closed the places down very early there, um, and like we had to work the conference. So pretty much on Tuesday and Wednesday, we had that leadership course from eight o'clock to five o'clock. And the break in between there was a, we had like an hour break. Um, so the easiest thing to do was to go to yard house and just have some quick appetizers. Um, and then during the week, once the conference started, we were really on that, uh, on that exhibitor floor working hard, uh, trying to mingle and meet as many, uh, students, professors, professionals, faculty, everyone that would want to stop by or walk by, we would try to talk to them. I even, I got to see some of my old professors from uh, from Sage uh, Graduate School, Russell Sage, upstate New York. Um, I got to see some of my old professors over there, so that was really nice. But it was really grinded out all the way. Like it, when we had a lunch break, it was very just real quick, uh, quick lunch, and then back to work, grinding it out up until lunch, uh, dinner. And then sometimes for dinner, you, I, um, there was like one night where I wasn't able to have really a dinner because uh, that night actually I think I, for Margaritaville because we went to a conference after everything. Like they had a big meeting uh, later on. Yeah, they had multiple different meetings. So they had like some meetings for, per each section of the uh, Physical Therapy Association, the APTA. Um, so like one meeting was on diversity. One was on um on advocacy stuff like that so i went to one of the meetings and it was just it was so incredible so amazing and i'm so grateful and but i had to get some food once we got done and everything so that's where we went to margaritaville and i had so did you get a cheeseburger in paradise i didn't you didn't what are you kidding me you didn't even get it with the heinz 57 and the french fried potatoes I did not. I actually got, <laughs> I got the grilled chicken sandwich. Oh my! Did um, you have lettuce and tomato? Yeah, grilled and, chicken sandwich and fried French French fried potatoes. Yep, the fried the French fries. Um, Big and then I cooking? had then I had a margarita. Um, what was it like? Um, I, I forgot. It was something with uh, in regards to Paris, but it was delicious. And the burg the the grilled chicken sandwich hit the spot so well. Um, I have no regrets eating there at all. I I do like Margarita Filma. <laughs> yeah, I, what about uh, what about Texas barbecue? Uh yes. So I went with Dan, um, to uh Tyler Black's barbecue. Um, like the Tyler Black? No, it wasn't. It was it was uh <laughs> it was something Black's barbecue. It it did the first name did start with a T. 
but it, I don't think it wasn't Tyler. Um, but they call it Blacks down there. So we went to Blacks and we had I think I got like I got like two ribs. I got um, uh, brisket. No, all you can eat. I got eat. sausage. No, it wasn't all you can eat. But I I wanted to try everything on the menu. Mm. Uh, and it was del- it was delicious. You take a bite, like it just falls right off the bone at Blacks. Um, so went there. We went to the taco stand. Well, it was a taco stand slash bar, which it seems like a lot of the bars in Austin, Texas, um, have like a concession stand attached to it as well. Um, so it was great. It was really, really needed because I was starving. Did you go clubbing in Austin? No, we went to, um, we went to like one, we went to really two bars to, uh, have a drink, but then the other ones, like we went in and it was too loud. So we walked out. Um, like it was kind of funny. Dan was just like, can you hear, can you hear me? And I was just like, what can you hear me? What? Can you hear me? I'm like, oh, yeah, we have to go. <laughs> like, I actually couldn't hear him at all. Um, yeah, that, Austin, you know, uh, clubbing in Austin was definitely weird. I, I could say that. Yeah, I didn't really go clubbing, though. I 100% I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, dude, it was the weirdest thing because it was like being at a bar mitzvah. It was the weirdest thing. Really? Yeah. And then I liked the the live music everywhere. You'd have uh, Mr. Saxo beat was playing. That song was popular at the time. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, I think I went to one place that actually had live music, mm. or two places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was an amazing experience. I went there with uh, my team members uh, for NPTE Final Frontier, which, if you do not know, I actually am one of the hosts of the NPTE Final Frontier podcast. If you're preparing for your board exam for that PT exam, whether you're a PT or a PTA, go ahead, subscribe, listen, download, and uh, have some fun. But, yeah, so we were over there with Final Frontier. Did you see the Alamo? I did see the Alamo. We walked over to the Alamo multiple times. It's like right in the dead of town. Alamo Dome? I saw the Alamo Dome from my uh, hotel room balcony. I did see that. I saw the stratosphere as well. Um, Yeah, but it was such a wonderful experience. I completely love my team that came. Like, you know, I I love my team. I love the energy. Uh, CSM is so much fun. Um, It was really an eye-opener of an experience for me. Uh, professionally, personally, and I, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved it completely, and I know exactly there. I know where I want to end up pushing myself, and yeah, into it a, was incredible. Into a Nelson, <laughs> yeah, right into a Nelson. <laughs> well, I can say um, that I definitely did not do as much as you did this week. Yeah. So, um, what did you do wow. besides miss me? Not much. Just got some uh, Chinese food because I was really craving lo mein. Okay. And then, other than that, I uh, pre-ordered WWE 2K22. The, nice. The deluxe edition. Hopefully, the NWO pack isn't so expensive if it will be available to purchase after the fact. I feel like it should be. I'm still disappointed the fact that that doesn't have a physical copy. But uh, other than that, nothing. nothing much. All right. Well, something that did happen, though, was uh, something called uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night 
Nitro. Opening up with the Alpha Academy Academic Challenge Quiz Bowl. I like this segment. Surprisingly, Raw was this segment too. Raw was uh, supposed to be commercial free. They did sprinkle in a bunch of WWE related commercials. So to me, that's not commercial free. But the the first the first hour of Monday Night Raw. I don't know if I said that, but I like the the crowd participating in the academic challenge here. I pop big time for the last question about the how many grams that are are in an ounce because it was clear as day that was leading to RK bro winning that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the RK bro ends up winning that. They get a, a, a rematch for the tag team titles. So that should be fun to watch, but that led right into street profits coming out, making fun of alpha Academy for losing. And then they challenged them to a match. RK bro, by the way, has an RK broga party next week. I don't necessarily think Randy Orton's going to be partaking, though. I can't. See um, that. I don't know. I could, I could see him partaking. No, I, I don't know. But the first hour, basic first, maybe like thirty minutes of Monday Night Raw, maybe a little bit more, was Chad Gable and Alpha Academy. So that was pretty cool. We saw Alpha Academy pick up the victory over the Street Profits. Like what I wanted from. Angelo Dawkins and Dolph Ziggler last week. I got a little bit from Dawkins and Chad Gable this week. Yeah. And I'm really happy that Alpha Academy picked up the victory in this, though. Yeah. And I liked uh, Dawkins trying to roll through the ankle lock only to have Gable pin him there. Yeah. I was surprised with the pin instead of the submission. I like that 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 flowed really well right into the pin. Yeah, after that, we saw MVP come out, brought out Bobby Lashley, and he spoke about the match with Brock Lesnar last week and how Roman Reigns interfered and said that Bobby Lashley didn't see it. And he mentioned the Elimination Chamber and how Brock Lesnar won't be walking out as champion. Bobby Lashley will be walking out of the Elimination Chamber this week as champion. Bobby... Still wants it wants it to come down to him and Brock though, so they could have uh, Bobby Lashley pin Brock Lesnar again. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for Elimination Chamber. Do you think that we're gonna have like just Brock Lesnar clear house? I hope not. I could kind of I could see it. I don't know. Actually, not this weekend. Next weekend. Yeah, next week. But, uh, yeah, so after that, we saw Alexa Bliss and her doctor segments where earlier in the night, the first one we saw, uh, the the replica Lily doll, she, where she handed it back over to the doctor, but she cried while doing so. Real tears, I might add. And then later on, she spoke about how she's controlling her anger, and she described someone she saw, and she basically described Lily. So she's not fully able to control it, but her hair and her outfit did change from the the sessions that were aired on Monday Night Raw. Very interesting, a little transformation. Yeah. After that, we saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Damian Priest. I thought it was a decent match. I agree with you. I thought that this was a 
Uh, decent match. I was surprised that Priest didn't pick up the victory over AJ Styles, though. Yeah, I, we saw him. He reversed the, the first phenomenal forearm, but Priest ran against the rope, and when he turned around, AJ Styles was able to pop back up and hit it. So AJ Styles, I yeah. think, is getting a U.S. title shot next week. So next maybe week. we get a U.S. title run from AJ soon. Um, I guess I would be fine with that. You know, what else has AJ Styles really been doing? Right. I mean, he he's he could have a match really with anyone. So you might as well put a title on him. Although I don't want priests reign to end just yet so nah yeah same here same here after that Miz TV with the Mysterios we saw uh, Miz Miz showed off or they showed off Miz cheating last week to beat Dominic and Ray had a problem with that so Miz ends up bringing up Beth Phoenix cheating at the Raw Rumble and Miz said that he should have had a chance to be in the Elimination Chamber not Ray Mysterio and then Dominic told Miz that he needs to respect Ray, and Miz ends up challenging him to a match on Monday Night Raw, which Dominic picks up the victory in. A uh, surprising victory, too. Well, it was a quick little match, and Maurice ends up tripping Dominic. She gets thrown from the ringside area, and while the referee was distracted with that, Ray Mysterio actually tripped Miz, and Dominic took advantage of that to pick up the victory. Yeah, a little... uh cheating by the faces and I, I like that um Miz brought up he's like why is it okay that when Eddie Guerrero cheated he would get praised when Edge cheats he gets cheered when Ray cheats he gets cheered but when I cheat I get booed so I thought that that and what's tied your take in. because I know <laughs> I thought it tied in really nicely to the to the match okay why what do you right. think I have a problem with that well, I mean, I know you usually don't like it when faces end up cheating. Um, but I think it works for this because it's like you did it last week, so I'm definitely going to do it and I'm going to do it better. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Well, next up, you had Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Nikki A.S.H. Um, there wasn't really anything that... I don't know. There was really no draw factor for me into this match, and I feel like it was predictable that Belair was going to pick up the victory. Yeah, and I feel like it was a bunch of nothing here. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I hate to say it, but I could have done without that. Um, the, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Backstage, we saw a bunch of 24-7 stuff where R-Truth was leading Akira Tozawa and Tamina on a chase, and... We see Dana Brooke end up thanking Reggie for having her back. She kisses him on the cheek. And there was some, like, tension between the two of them where they were, like, face-to-face. Maybe they're about to make out. They shake it off, end up getting chased off by the the rest of the 24-7 crew. And I don't know if they're going to turn into a uh, an on-air romance or what. Um, I don't know. I don't trust it. I think that there's going to be a uh, a double cross. Right now, Dana Brooks uh, had the title for quite some time. Yeah, it's been uh, a few months, right? I believe so. I think so. But next up, you had Kevin Owens pick up the victory over Austin Theory. 
Um, I think that is cool to see Austin Theory getting all these matches with like uh, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, and I, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, I um, I thought this was a good match also. I totally agree with you. I think it was a good match. It was a solid match, and fans Kevin were, Owens picked fans the victory. were fully behind Kevin Owens here. Yeah, and I liked Kevin Owens doing that running senton off the steps. Austin Theory later on got his knees up to block Kevin Owens' swanton, and Kevin Owens rocks him with a super kick and a stunner. Picks up the victory off of that, and I fully expected Kevin Owens to lose this match. Um, I don't know. I didn't expect him to lose this match. I, given the maybe streak that Austin Theory's been on, Mm-hmm. Given that he's going to be in the elimination chamber, I definitely expected him to. I could see lose, but later on, Kevin Owens went to Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce to talk about being added to the elimination chamber match, since he beat Austin Theory, and they were like, "It's mm, not how it works." And Sonya Deville's like, "You might not even make it to WrestleMania." Which it's like, he better. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope so. Elimination Chamber, I now understand. Kevin Owens, I forgot, he doesn't go over to Saudi Arabia. So ah. it makes sense that he's not in this. Yeah, that does make sense. After this, we saw Lita come out. And uh, Becky Lynch came out to explain why she initially said no to Lita's challenge. Basically saying that she idolized Lita and she was uh, offended that the person she looked up to and most wanted to take after wanted to take something that she loved the most away from her. And then Becky Lynch ends up attacking Lita and Lita came out on top. She had a twist of fate, a lion salt, uh, Lita salt. The Lita salt, yeah. Yeah. I got so nervous when she got up there for the lead assault, too. When she got up there, I was just like, please, 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 please be safe. Be safe, you know? It's one of those things where, um, I mean, obviously we haven't seen her in a long time and everything. So whenever somebody gets up to the turnbuckle, I'm like, please be careful. I think when she was in the Royal Rumble a few years ago, it was like a hard landing. But now it's like as if she's been doing it since the 90s. Well, I mean, she has been doing No, it but I mean, like, it hasn't <laughs> stopped doing it since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. After that, we saw Dewdrop pick up the victory over Liv Morgan. Liv definitely held her own here, and I enjoyed that. And as long as this match was, I feel like the ending seemed a bit rushed. I definitely feel that way, and I'm still down about... Um... Liv Morgan's status. Like, after everything, especially with Roy Rumble, like, they pushed her so hard. The fans were so supportive with her and Becky Lynch, and then now she's just to the side again. Yeah, and it's like, I don't... I... When we look at the the women's elimination chamber taking place, I can't think of a, a sixth name. Like for elimination, yeah, we have Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, and Nikki Ash. And if that sixth name is Oscar, 
I feel like she ah. has to she has to do what Shayna Baszler did and like kill. She has to win that match. Yeah. That would be cool. But then it then it turns into Asuka versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 38. Assuming Lita doesn't win the title. Which would be interesting because Asuka was the one that really started the entire thing with Becky, right? What do you mean? Well, I mean, the next uh, Asuka. Oh, no, it was the other way around. Right, Becky. Who won the uh, Money in the Bank? Asuka. Asuka did. And then she dropped the, dropped it to who? Becky? I forgot. Uh... <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Becky Lynch was champion, though. Okay. And Becky had to give up that title. Okay, and that's where Asuka came in. Yeah, so that would be a very interesting storyline there, I guess, to see, like, they actually get a match out of them. Exactly, exactly. It has to be Asuka. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, After that, the match we saw Riddle defeat Seth Rollins via disqualification. I thought it was going pretty good until, I guess, the ending. Kevin Owens showed up, which I don't mind the ending of this. Kevin Owens attacked Matt Riddle. Randy Orton ran down to make the save, and then it sets up a tag team match where Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins pick up the victory over RK Bro. And I was, I was I wasn't expecting them to lose. Yeah, I was surprised about RK Bro. Um and I like losing in this. I like the ending of this match. Yeah. I am. I did like the ending too, and I do agree with you. And then we really saw good. Randy Orton hit Kevin Owens with an RKO afterwards. I think we're going to see Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins crash that Broga party next week. I can see it. So, but that's Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT. What does it start with? NXT started with the Dusty Classic. The Creed Brothers beat, defeated, kicked out of the tournament, grizzled young vets, and uh, the lack of respect to GYV. So, like, a lot of people had high, high praise for this match. I thought, for me, it started off slow, but it definitely picked up towards the end. Like... There were some good spots here. I liked Grizzled Young Veterans together catapulting Brutus into the the metal edge of the ring. And then later on using that in the match, like do the throat thrust or whatever. But unfortunately, the Creeds won. And I feel like I no longer have any interest in the Dusty Classic. I I hope that the the Creeds are going to win it. I feel like it's almost set up for MSK to win it. Yeah, I I really don't want them to. I'm just very disappointed that the Grizzle Young Veterans are out. And that was like that was my stake in the in the Dusty Classic this year. Now I don't really care. I yeah, I have no I have nothing invested in it. Well, after that, we saw Tiffany Stratton pick up the victory over Wendy Chu. 
Earlier in the night, they showed Wendy Chu and Amari Miller showing up with a bunch of bags, which means that they committed credit card fraud, (laughs) which is, like, messed up. But as far as this match goes, I thought Wendy Chu would win, but Tiffany Stratton, I think, really killed it in this match. And it's a lot different than that very first match that we saw her in. And everyone's like, she sucks, blah, blah, blah. This this match sucks. Why is she on TV? Yeah. They didn't watch her 205 live match. So. Uh, the Stratton? Yeah. 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 And, I, I, and, I, mean, I, and when we said it then, I was like, it's definitely just nerves. And then the week after or whatever, she's got better. And then it was just a, a normal match and she's doing fine. Yeah. I hope that, uh, I mean, I hope that she does well, you know. I hope I'm sure that she's going to improve over time. Later on though, we saw Wendy Chu walking backstage and Dakota Kai told her that the clothes won't buy her victories in the ring. So maybe some mm. sort of ominous warning there. Yeah. After that, we saw Pete Dunn pick up the victory over Draco Anthony. Joe Gacy and Harland watched this match. And uh, Gacy had spoken with Draco last week after his loss to, uh, I guess, comfort him. But in the match, Tony D'Angelo showed up with a crowbar and tried to attack Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne ends up taking him out, went back into the ring and finished the match. And then Tony D'Angelo tried to lock him in a sleeper, but Pete Dunne snapped his finger. And then Dunn threw a bunch of weapons into the ring and proposed having weapons be attached to the cage for next week's Vengeance Day. I'm excited for Vengeance Day. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. You know, I think it's going to be it's going to be just action packed, which is always good. Yeah. After that, Zoe Starks was backstage with Io Shirai and Zoe Kept talking to her about the Dusty Classic, really building up that EO needs a partner. And EO, she finally agreed. And she was like, I know just the person who to ask. But she wouldn't say who. And I really wanted it to be Asuka. Asuka? You, you just want Asuka to be all over the place on this card. Well, I mean, prior... <laughs> I mean... Monday Night Raw, NXT. I think it should have been... It would have been nice to see Asuka and Io Shirai win the Dusty Classic. Now I don't think... Yeah. I, well, no, I still think is going to end up winning the Dusty Classic here. <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get back right. to that. After that, we saw LA Knight pick up the victory over Sanga. Grayson Waller distracted the referee at one point, and L.A. Knight took advantage of that. And Grayson Waller tried to jump him afterwards. L.A. Knight came out on top, and the internet complained about Sanga being... um, taking a loss in his first match as Sanga. Sanga. I I don't have a problem with him losing here. I'm fine with him losing. I think that LA Knight, LA Knight, I think that's okay. Yeah. But next up, you had the NXT Championship Summit. There's been some off-air stuff brewing between Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler. So 
I did not expect Dolph Ziggler to show up here. I expected him to show up maybe next week. But it was cool to see him show up. I think the last time we saw him on NXT TV, it was 2013 in a match against Rusev. And then prior to that, he was a pro on the NXT when it had seasons. But Dolph Ziggler, interesting. Ziggler basically said that he had so many accolades in his career. But he does not have the NXT championship. And then Tommaso Ciampa came out because he wants next in line. And Santos said that when he becomes NXT champion, he'll handle both Dolph Ziggler and and Tommaso Ciampa. Ziggler ends up questioning Ciampa and Ciampa ends up attacking him. Legato attacks Braun Breaker. He gets out of that without Santos realizing it. But they did end up eventually putting Braun Breaker through a table. And just like that, Ziggler is NXT. Well, I mean, I wouldn't fully put him there just yet, but... I, I, I want to. I want to. I mean... <laughs> I don't you know. know. I hope so. I hope he is. That would be great. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's but... nothing announced for him to be wrestling on Vengeance Day or anything, so... Yeah, true. But next up, you had Saray pick up the victory over Dakota Kai. Um, Saray coming on back, making a return and Dakota Kai. I'm surprised that she didn't win, but I think I wasn't surprised here. I'm, I'm thinking we could finally see Saray be used properly. Maybe even eventually champion. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And I guess, I mean, this, if, like, if, Saray, if Saray lost, it would just be a repeat of what everything else is. Right, and there's been, like, this whole thing surrounding Dakota Kai where it seems like she's, like, losing herself and maybe going a little bit, I don't want to say crazy, mm-hmm. but between what she did with MSK warning them about the Dusty Classic, warning Wendy Chu about the clothing, I don't know. It should be, I mean, I, I always say it should be interesting. <laughs> I don't know what, well, uh, you're not I don't wrong. know what it, this will bring. You're not wrong. It should be interesting. After that, they aired another video package for Nikita Lyons, who is going to be making her way to NXT TV soon. There's still no date for her yet, but I don't know what to make of her just yet. I think um, we need to see more. Yeah, the the verdict is still out to be determined. Also, uh, uh, backstage, Brooks Jensen tried to ask Caden Carter out for Valentine's Day, and Casey thought she was talking, or thought Jensen was talking to her as well. And she's like, oh yeah, we love hanging out with you guys. So now Josh Briggs has to go, and he seemed kind of pissed off that he had to go. <laughs> So I'm assuming next week on Vengeance Day we'll get some sort of uh, Valentine's Day date footage from the two of them. And that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, the day after Valentine's Day, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think so. after, the 15th. I think so. After that. Next up, yeah, you had MSK pick up the victory over Endress Onofre. 
Malik Blade to advance in the Dusty Classic. In a perfect world for me, this would have been Grizzled Young Veterans versus Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. Yeah. Like I said before, it seems like it was set up for MSK to win this tournament. It seems like they could go on to face Imperium and take the titles back. I feel like the Dusty Classic should be like a newer tag team, though. I don't know. I mean, technically they are a newer tag team. They did win it last year, so it's like I yeah. get where you're, you're, you'd be coming from, but we had very established stars in the past win the Dusty Classic. Yeah. So, and here at least Malik Blade and Idris Anofi had a, a really good showing in this match. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well... Earlier in the night, we saw Duke Hudson wish Indy Hartwell luck in her match next week, and Persia Parada questioned her about it. And then we saw Toxic Attraction show up later on, sort of uh, fan the flames, and had a picture of Indy Hartwell and Duke Hudson together. And then later on, Indy and Persia ends up taking out Toxic Attraction before the main event, leaving Mandy Rose to go out there by herself. And Mandy Rose goes on to defeat Kaylee Ray to retain the NXT Women's Championship because Toxic Attraction ended up showing back up. JC distracted the referee. Gigi pushed Kaylee Ray off the top rope. And that led to the end of that match. But afterwards... Io Shirai made the save. I'm not disappointed that Io Shirai's assuming partner for the Dusty Classic is going to be Kaylee Ray. Because while she might not become the next NXT Women's Champion, I could see her and Io Shirai become the next NXT Tag Team Champions. So, hopefully... I mean... She's literally one of the longest reigning champions in this modern era. And unfortunately, nobody knows that, though. I very much so agree with you. You Yeah, that's the downside with the UK aspect. People don't watch NXT UK. And I saw, I don't know who tweeted it, but somebody tweeted out the other day putting NXT UK over saying that it's really like the last bit of black and gold that is unchanged. And it really is something similar to that because it's still like the same product that we've gotten in the past and people just don't watch it. Yeah. But speaking of NXT UK, we saw a male pick up the victory over Nina Samuels, which I thought was a good opening contest. It stemmed from a segment last week. And really, as far as this match goes, I had no doubts in my mind that a was going to pick up the victory here. There was also a Supernova Sessions that took place where, or supposed to take place, but Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels ended up getting locked in the locker room. So Gallus took over the show as hosts and then changed it to Gallus Boys on Talk. And Jordan Devlin was still the guest. Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar did end up getting out and uh, showing up. And Joe Coffey ends up warning Noam Dar about the Heritage Cup. Overall, I thought it was a pretty funny segment. But I totally agree with you. But later on, Gallus ends up, uh, they're walking backstage, and Wolfgang went off by himself. 
got hit by Jordan Devlin with a chair. So I assume that match will be taking place soon. Main event, uh, not the main event. We saw A-Kid pick up the victory over Saxon Huxley. A-Kid's kind of been trying to teach Saxon as of late to keep him more tame. And we did see that in this match, but... I mean, A-Kid picks up the victory using that, uh, I guess, a springboard DDT similar like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc. And uh, he did get a handshake out of it. And he was calm for a moment, but he was still Saxon Huxley, so I don't know where... I I didn't really understand why A-Kid and Saxon Huxley had this match if he's been trying to, like, train him to be calm, but... The main event, we saw Nathan Fraser pick up the victory over T.O. Man. I thought it was a solid main event where D'Familia got involved. Fraser still able to get the victory. Hits the corkscrew 450, picks up that victory. And like I brought up before with the whole black and gold thing, Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that Nathan Fraser ended up being on NXT UK because I'm not sure he would have survived 2.0. I don't know if they would have kept him around. And I'm happy that he's still in WWE. He's trained by Seth Rollins. It's definitely a match that I want to see in the future between the two of them. I don't know how much into the future we have to wait for it, but hopefully uh, hopefully he's here for a long time. But that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. Sonya Deville opened the show to address Ronda Rousey and said that there's going to be consequences, basically fining her $100,000 and saying that she's going to be suspended indefinitely. She put in a petition to the upper management. Adam Pearce came out and said Vince McMahon personally wrote back and said that she's been abusing her power and her petition's been declined and she can't lay a hand on Naomi. And if she disobeys, her job can be in jeopardy. Naomi came out, mentioned how Vince said that she didn't say that she couldn't slap her or lay a hand on her, and then she slapped her. A decent opening segment. First match, we saw Los Lotharios pick up the victory over New Day, which I thought was a decent match. I was hoping for Los Lotharios to pick up the victory here. And I definitely thought that after almost losing three times that they were done for. I mean, I thought after the first time, I thought for sure they were done. The second time, I thought for sure they were done. But uh, it was almost like three times that they were almost done for. But I was very happy to see them get that victory, even though it it was a quick pin scenario there. But backstage, Viking Raider, Viking Raiders, were about to be interviewed about their match at Elimination Chamber against the Usos. And the Usos attacked them, took their helmets from them. Maybe that's um, something they'll keep and they won't have to take it to Saudi Arabia with them. After that, we saw Roman Reigns with Michael Cole, where Michael Cole basically put over Goldberg. And Roman Reigns is like, if, if I was in WCW they'd still be in business, which I thought was a great line. And he said that there's no pressure on him. It's all on Goldberg. If they met at WrestleMania when they were supposed to, maybe Goldberg would have won. But he's not going to win against this version of Roman Reigns. 
And then he closed it out by saying he's going to Goldberg, Goldberg. I thought this was a very strong uh, interview. After that, Natalia picked up the victory over Aaliyah in a Dungeon Rules match where you could only win via pinfall or submission. So there were definitely a lot of pin attempts in this match. I appreciated that. There were some submission moves. And Natalia ended up locking Aaliyah in the sharpshooter. And even though Aaliyah got to the ropes, uh, there was no rope breaks. And she had to tap out. So I wish that match was longer. I liked the the whole match in itself. Natalia, though, continued the attack afterwards. And Zia Lee made the save. So we'll see more of that probably next week. After that, we had another episode of Inzane. Um, prior to that, we saw Sami Zayn had a parody Jackass Forever t-shirt. And they showed footage of Johnny Knoxville showing up to the WrestleMania store and writing loser on Sammy's merchandise and or on the, the poster, I guess I should say. And then he put the the Sami Zayn Forever shirt through the wood chipper. And then Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs were the guests. And Sami Zayn spoke about taking the title from Nakamura. Boogs ended up getting shocked. And then Sami Zayn hit a haluva kick on Nakamura. I thought it was a, a fine segment up until the, the shock factor. After that, Happy Corbin picked up the victory over Cesaro. Uh, Madcap stayed in the back because his eye was pretty gnarly from Drew McIntyre last week. And as far as this match goes, I thought there were some good reversals here. But this isn't where I want Cesaro to be. And I understand that Corbin's been undefeated since becoming happy. But if he's undefeated, why isn't he getting championship matches? And hopefully Cesaro gets championship matches. Backstage, Madcap again still trying to get out of the match against Drew McIntyre Elimination Chamber. And he's trying to convince the doctor that he can't see. The doctor starts testing him, and when he opened his eyes, Drew McIntyre's sword was there alongside Drew McIntyre, and he made Madcap tell the doctor that he's fine. And then McIntyre told um, Madcap that Adam Pierce made it a false count anywhere match now for Elimination Chamber. After that, Goldberg was interviewed by Michael Cole, and Goldberg brought up how, or or Michael Cole brought up how people have been saying that this is one comeback too many. And Goldberg said he no longer cares what people think. It might be a different Roman Reigns, or it might be Roman Reigns might think he's different, but nothing's changed for him. And after the Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns will acknowledge him as the Universal Champion, and then he's going to walk into WrestleMania main eventing and facing Brock Lesnar. I hope that's not the case. I don't think that's the case. So, we'll see what happens with that. Main event to SmackDown saw Charlotte Flair defeat Naomi, picking up the the victory there, retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship in a very lengthy match, which was very unexpected. And the fact that they were given that much time had me thinking that Naomi could actually walk out of this as champion. 
end that spot. Man, oh man. When Charlotte missed the double moonsault gimmick, when, when Naomi got her knees up and hit Charlotte with a rear view, I wanted it to be over then. I, I Obviously, I saw the time. Um, I thought it was a great near-fall finish. And we had a few more near-fall finishes. And overall, this match, I just I thought it was great. I wish Naomi won. Like I said last week, I didn't see it happening, though. Afterwards, Sonya Deville came out and attacked Naomi. Or got in her face and Naomi attacked her. And then Charlotte joined in to make the save for Sonya Deville. And ultimately, Ronda Rousey came out and made the save. And she went to hurt Sonya Deville's other arm, but Charlotte dragged her out of the ring before that could happen. Perhaps we're going to see a tag team match between the the four of them. But that was SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick break here, a word from our sponsors. And I'll be right back. We'll be right back. Me and Chris here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. Gotta love Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS and save 10% on your purchase. I just did that because uh, I needed to get a uh, new skin safe replacement blade for my buzzer because I use my I use, As I said, I have two of them. So I use one on my head and one everywhere else. And then the uh, the foot duster, which I like a lot. You know, foot spray keeps my uh, feet from being stinky. Especially uh, being on my feet so much. So, manscaped.com. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS. Save 10% off and free shipping. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm back. I'm back. How was how was your week? Uh, I was in Vegas. I, I went saw to... some pictures. Quite interesting. 
So I I went there for work and like I have a, one of my one of my best friends. We have a group message. Like, Chris, you're in Vegas. What are you doing in there? You gotta go to this hotel. You gotta go here. I'm like, brother. I'm like, I'm here for work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not here for anything crazy. But like, I was there with uh uh you know my company that I work for does uh works with the largest youth football organization in the United States. So they have their All Star Game kind of in conjunction with the NFL Pro Bowl. So two years ago it was in Orlando. So. You know, I got to film at ESPN Wild World of Sports, which is a dream come true. Um, this year, the All-Star Game is in Las Vegas at the new Allegiant Stadium, which was beautiful. Oh, I didn't realize that's where you were going. No, no, I didn't go to Allegiant Stadium, but, like, when we oh. left the airport, we saw it there. We went to the airport, you know, when we had to go to different places around there. You know, we I saw it a million times. Um, but the, the game itself was played at Bishop Gorman High School, which was, like, brother- I was telling people, like, the amenities for these kids were insane. And this is high school, right? This is a high school. They had one of those giant, like, Videotron boards in the end zone. Like, that you'd see at, like, a college campus. I was like, holy jeez. So, yeah, but- the, the, based on what you were showing off online, those pictures were insane. Yeah, it was, it was pretty... It was, it was... So, like, you know, we got there. We had to film the practices, cut stuff for social. Um... The second day, the kids got to do a tour of UNLV's, like, brand new facility. Like, it was done in January of 2020, but nobody could go in there because of, you know, COVID. So we got to tour that, and that was wild. Like, their gym alone was like, I was jealous. I'm like, this isn't the crunch fitness I go to. Wild stuff there. Um, And then we did, like, a media night for them, which was cool. They had to answer a bunch of questions, and we caught a video for that. And then Saturday was the All-Star Game. Uh, which was the wildest game that I have ever seen in my life as a youth footballer. You know, I do a lot of high school sports, youth football, youth sports. This went to the final score was 68-60 because they tied though. It was the East versus the West. The East tied it with like 15 seconds left in the game. And then rather do like, you know, the first person to score wins. They did it. What's called Cornell rules. So everybody gets four downs. They start at the 10 yard line and they have to score. And then the next team has to reciprocate. And they did that like 25 times. It was wild. Hmm. Well, hold on to those roster sheets. Maybe uh, you never know. Maybe one day you'll be able to say, I saw them win. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's crazy. So um, uh, Vegas-wise, though, like, you know, I, I the first night we got there, we went out to this place in Mandalay Bay called Strip Steak. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They had like a barrel select rye that I had a Manhattan out of, which was like chef's kiss. Mwah. And then I ate a, a Wagyu flat iron steak for dinner mm. which, with, with truffle marrow butter on top of it. I, uh, you know, it was on <laughs> the company large. card, brothers. <laughs> hey, it was, on the, it was on the company card. So, uh, you know, had to uh, splurge a little bit. Any uh, uh, Caesar's Palace WrestleMania 9 location? No, I did. We did see Caesar Palace, Caesar's Palace a couple times. Um, a lot of disp- so a lot of dispensaries. <laughs> a mm. lot of dispensaries and, like, big billboards for them. Um, and I won some money which was cool which uh, uh which game uh we play i played buffalo it was this uh slot machine so oh, like the, I was about to say, i've never heard of buffalo <laughs> no so like the night before like we're talking with the the owners of the organization They're like yeah we won this money on buffalo so you know we were leaving to go to you know the job site one day and my boss is like all right i have to run back up to the room he's like why don't you play a slot i'm like all right fine so i sit down at this machine 
I literally hit it once, and then all of a sudden it just goes crazy, and I won $120. Damn. I know. I was like, wow. And my boss comes back and goes, what's going on? I'm like, uh, uh, I just won a bunch of money. He goes, oh my <laughs> god, good for you. So, but then, like, I played it again, I went up, and then I went back down. So, all in all, I, I ended up winning just about 100 bucks, which was cool. That's still good, yeah. Um, And I am about to give everybody a... I might... Cancel culture might come after me for this. In-N-Out Burger? Overrated. I, that's, I, and, and like, you know, Dave was in Texas and Dave got Whataburger. I'm like, I freaking love Whataburger. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, he's like, oh, I love In-N-Out Burger. Oh, overrated, in my opinion. Dave I mean, said he it, loves In-N-Out Burger? Yeah. When was he eating In-N-Out Burger? I don't know. I don't, sometimes I just, don't, I stop asking Dave questions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we got it when we, my landed, my boss was like, we got to get In-N-Out Burger the first thing. I'm like, all right, it's okay. And then, like, after the All-Star game, I had it again, and it didn't agree with my stomach. So, uh, I guess that's uh, my body telling me that, uh, you know, in about burger is not that great. So, how does, your, how does your body tell you to handle White Castle? Um, amazingly. I love White Castle. <laughs> like, White, like, Five Guys is outstanding. Uh, Smash Burger, have you ever Smash Burger? No. Oh, Smash Burger's good, too. So, um, yeah, cancel culture might come after me now. So... Um, and that's, and that's all I got to say about that. Um, you know, time change wise screwed me up big time and, uh, that's it. Now we're back here and we're talking about wrestling. We're talking about AEW Rampage from last week. Um, start the show off with Adam Cole picking up the victory over Evil Uno in a a very quick match. Do you think, do you feel like this is kind of like a squash match? I I can't say a squash match, but. Uh, it was definitely very quick, and I didn't like what was going on in the match. Okay, but after the I didn't match, like that referee spot. I feel like it makes the ref look dumb. But Brendan, you Bob Backlund, the referees like every single week. Yeah, and there's no reason. <laughs> there's no reason to make a referee look worse. Uh, but afterwards, Adam Cole gets on the mic and you know says he's the best. He's traveled the globe, and essentially he's going for the world championship. So I think we all knew that was coming at some point. Yeah, and uh, after that we saw Jade Cargill, which uh, I don't think she's been on TBS since winning the TBS championship prior to this week. But that just sets up for this week's episode of Dynamite, which we'll talk about. Sammy Guevara picked up the victory over Isaiah Cassidy to retain the TNT championships. Yeah. Do we say ships now? Champion. Uh, The unified (laughs) TNT champion. And I, I didn't expect to see Sammy carrying both titles out. I guess that's the gimmick now. Yeah, and this I thought this was a good match. The yeah, AHFO I... got involved behind the referee's back. Matt Hardy hitting the side effect on the ring apron. Yeah, and then Matt Hardy, some someone we're going to talk about later on uh, in the show when we talk about Rampage for this week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, after the match, too, then you have Darby Allen come out and, uh, you know, make his intentions clear that uh, he doesn't want anything to do with the... Whatever the the a uh, a f uh, a s p c a whatever what do you call f o, I like this on uh, during that match when Andrade came out, and uh, Chris Jericho was on commentary. I popped because he goes, "Oh God!" Like he got scared at Andrade's <laughs> theme song hitting. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But uh, we saw Chris Statlander being interviewed that uh, got quickly cut off by Layla Hirsch who attacked her with a chair. So I'm definitely liking this other side of Layla Hirsch. Yeah. You also have uh, QT Marshall cutting a promo saying that he's uh, sick of hook. And in next week on rampage, he's setting out his prize student to take down hook. Mm. 
So, again, you're making Hook an attraction. He doesn't have to be the, the work rate match. He's someone that, hey, if Hook's going to be on Rampage, people are going to watch Rampage because they love Hook. I love Hook. Great. Uh, next up after this, you have a match with Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez, which Thunder Rosa picking up the victory because Mercedes Martinez pulls out a lead pipe and clocks Thunder Rosa with it. So, um, and then was it this or was was it yeah. revealed that after this, Britt Baker, Baker was the one, Britt Baker yelled at her, said she's the one that uh, had Mercedes Martinez uh, come to AEW. So it's it's setting up the. I'm thinking that Thunder Rose is probably going to take the women's championship off of Britt Baker at some point this year, right? And this is like they're making they're really like peeling back the onion, if that's the right term, to like the layers of what this feud is. You know, it started last year about a year ago at St. Patrick's Day uh, Slam. And now it's like, okay, now she's got this. Now she's got her, you know, she's got her, her heater now with Mercedes Martinez. Now, he, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, like, I feel like Thunder Rose is, like, a baby face, though. I mean, everybody's behind her and everything like that, but she's, like, I would say 100%. Like, badass-y. They can so. still be, what do you mean? It's still be a baby face. I don't also, know. smart Mark Sterling was name-dropped here. He better be. I hope he's name-dropped everywhere. But is he, like... He's it's, a lawyer to the stars. It's like the Heenan family, but but not. Lawyer to the stars, man. MJF, Jade Cargill. By the way, she had a great interview on uh, uh, Talk is Jericho this week. I didn't know that Like right before she signed with AEW, like, WWE like wanted her to sign. Well, yeah, she was, uh, she was part of the, the training camp, I believe. Yes, but after this, it's time for the main event, which is... You know what? I'm kind of missing like a member of the Dark Order being on the main event of Rampage, just so we can have those side by side interviews, and John Silver like doing the the jazz hands, which is just the, <laughs> the funniest thing in the world to me. Absolute gem of a human being. But absolute Ricky Starks picks up the victory over Jay Lethal. Hell of a match here. Hell of a match. Yeah, he was. The, I mean, <laughs> the spot. I would say the gif of the night from Rampage came from this match. But the lethal injection into the uh, yeah into the Rochambeau, which was very cool. yeah very very cool. Um, you know everybody talks about like you know the pillars, the Darbies, the Sammies, the MJFs. You can kind of say Ricky Starks is like one of those. I don't want to say he's a homegrown talent because you know he was in the NWA before. He had a cup of coffee in the NWA, but he's one of those guys that can be the future of AEW. Yeah. You're just speechless today, huh? I'm, I'm like thinking about it, yeah. You know, because he, he always puts on bangers. And yes, I know he did come in with that Cody Rhodes Open Challenge. But I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Rocky Starks. I'm a fan of Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm a fan of uh, Team FTW. I liked, uh, well, first of all, I didn't like when Will Hobbs got involved in this match. Because he like spiked Lethal down right in front of the referee. Okay. But Dante Martin showing up literally out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> and taking Will Hobbs out was—I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool, very cool. So another, and I think this was this was way better of an episode of Rampage than last week's was. Okay, yeah, more Not action. So predictable here. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know there were spots in that match like, man, Jay Lethal could actually do this. Oh, I definitely didn't think Lethal was winning that. No, no, no. But you know, I, I I like how they've used Jay Lethal so far in AEW. 
Well, yeah, cause why? Because they haven't used, used him as black machismo yet. That's why you don't no, like I him. No, I don't need him to be black machismo. <laughs> it's just like he wasn't like he wasn't used. He replaced Leo Rush in a storyline, which was like out of nowhere. And Leo Rush, uh, you know, is, all, is a free agent now, and he's signed mm. to Universal Records. Yeah. Well, good for him. Good for him. Let's uh, let's uh, jump ship and let's go to AEW Dynamite that was live from the Jim Wheeland Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey, home of several WrestleManias. Yeah, WrestleMania four and five, and a, a few other WWE programs as well. Program is it Sunday program? Night Heat live from Sunday Night Heat. Wow, look at you! Always got to relate everything to WWE. I mean, that's well, you just related it. What are you? <laughs> I know, about? but you <laughs> brought up WrestleMania, brother. <laughs> But that's it. That's a spectacle of a ball. Um, anyway. Yeah, forget about WrestleMania 4 or 5, Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, Jump right? Come episode. on. Uh, anyway, show opens up with a large promo, which was surprising because usually they start AEW off hot with a wrestling match. Uh, they start off with the celebration of MJF beating CM Punk. Wardlow brings out a bunch of cardboard cutouts. MJF comes out with, uh, you know, being carried uh, by a bunch of men. On a throne, there's a proper term, apparently. Excalibur corrected everybody on commentary, made sure to do that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, the, the one guy in front, the dime piece, uh, Aaron Rourke, which was cool. It was weird seeing him without makeup. Um, but yeah, comes into the ring, makes out with an uh, attractive woman, and then you know, says he's, uh, you know, he's the best wrestler on the planet. He's better than Kenny Omega, not Brian Danielson, not Hangman. And he says he's now... He's better than you and the best. He's better than the best in the world and already has a new t-shirt on ShopAEW.com. Yeah, and then CM Punk showed up with some friends. That yep. being Darby Allen and Sting. And then CM Punk challenged Wardlow to a match and Dax wanted a rematch. So it sets up FTR versus CM Punk and a partner of his choice where if he were to win that match... He would get a shot at MJF, so... See, like, I maybe heard this wrong, because I thought it was going to be a rematch of MJF and FTR versus CM Punk and somebody, so, like, my brain started spinning. I'm like, it's going to be the Briscoes. The Briscoes are coming out tonight, too. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. Like, marking out so hard, and then, like, and then when I realized it was taking match, I'm like, oh, man. And, there, and then there was, like speculation, like, oh, my God, this is going to be a new debut because Tony Khan has a huge announcement, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then CM Punk flaming the or fanning the fire with uh, tagging oh, Danhausen and Samoa Joe. Well, that's not that's not a so big obviously debut. right there you know it's definitely not going to be Samoa Joe. You never know. I, I at that point in time I definitely didn't think it was about to be Samoa Joe, but this then leads backstage I believe where Sting and Darby Allen had a meeting with Andrade, and Sting told. Andrade that Darby's not a little kid and if he wants to deal with him he could deal with him one on one and Darby Allen said that he wants to be the TNT champion Andrade said that he also wants to be the next he wants the next shot he wants to be the next TNT champion so are both these guys like already booked in the face of the revolution ladder match or I don't think so I feel like we only have one person in that match so far and we'll talk about him in a couple minutes but your first match of the night was Mr. Mayhem Wardlow defeating AHFO's The Blade. Uh, Wardlow comes out, not even, like, you know, taped up, no elbow pads, nothing like that. I feel like Wardlow should have just, like, given that MJF made him have this match, I feel like Wardlow should have just stayed out there and been in his suit. Yeah, but that's no fun. 
I, I just, I think it's the dumbest thing to, like, he was literally just out there. And I feel like you would have gotten a, a cooler, like, aspect of it if he was still like, oh, yeah, I could do this in a suit. Doesn't yeah, but Wardlow, but Wardlow is slowly but surely getting over. So I, I feel mean, like they wanted the to other, the edge. Last that? week when he faced CM Punk, everybody went nuts when he moved out of the way. Moved so, out of the way how? I, I forget. Sorry. He, he went face-to-face with CM Punk, and then he moved oh, yeah. out of the way, and people were like, oh, my God, he's going to let he's gonna have CM Punk's back. I mean, that's and a way he, to get that's a, that's a way MJF to get him over. Later. Yeah, and I think once oh. this finally comes to where it's MJF versus Wardlow, people are going to love it. I'm about it. I said I te- I think I texted you on Wednesday night. I said I can't wait for Wardlow to be a babyface because he'll be over AF again. Yeah, then- Long term storytelling. This has been a story since Wardlow debuted in AEW. Yeah. So and and he's under contract with. MJF, not AEW. Yeah, so I can't wait for the, the days where they say Wardlow is all elite. Yeah, and uh, it was a standard, pretty much a standard Wardlow match that went a little bit longer than normal. Yeah, and then Blade got ended, some offense in there. Yeah, and then it ended with Sean Spears doing the chair spot again. Stealing the thunder, as they after said on this, commentary. After this, though, big pop for me. We had a Penta vignette. Oh, that's right. Okay. Digging up his mask, and he spoke about the the mist from Malachi Black. Well, he didn't say that. What? Abraham, uh, Alex, right? Yes, yes, he was speaking about it. But at the end of the video, Penta Oscuro, Pentagon Dark is back. Pop for that huge. That's exciting. So one thing I didn't pop for was the inner circle meeting. (laughs) Which I don't want to like go through the entire thing just because the inner just... circle's been dead. So for me, this made no sense regardless. You know, Santana, Santana Ortiz getting Jericho's face. Jericho gets in their face. They make LAX references. Sets up a match next week. Jericho and Hager. Oh yeah, Sammy quit. Um, <laughs> Jericho and Hager versus Proud and Powerful. Um, I can see Proud and Powerful going over here. Got to build these guys back up to the forefront of the tag team division. They're too good. I we'll see there. I don't know. So and it's like where where the hell has Jake Hager been? Doing MMA? No, not even. Not booked, Terry. Yeah, for real, just not booked. That's why, like, the inner circle was like a really hot group in AEW, and then like fizzled out. They yeah. disappeared. Yeah, because they're so. they, they they took Sammy off the back burner and made him a single star. You know, and they brought in a bunch of other really awesome guys to kind of fill that void. I mean, they they kind of held their own. You know, we talk about, like, Drew McIntyre and how he was kind of like the face of WWE during the pandemic. Or you can kind of say that with the inner circle. They kind of held that company. Yeah, you got to have got to send out the inner circle so everyone could sing Judas. Absolutely. Get people pumped. Get the pop in there. But speaking of bringing in talent. Hell yeah. Let's talk about this. Bringing in Rocky Vice. Romero. Rapunky Vice, not what I was talking about. Rapunky Vice backstage talking about the their match with the Young Bucks. Rocky Romero's all healed up, no more uh, COVID. And the Bucks showed up. They jump Rapunky Vice. Adam Cole shows up. He joins in and then walks through the door. Jay, Jay White. Switchblade. I popped for this because I wasn't expecting this. I, you know, I was expecting somebody else who we'll talk about in the next segment, but I didn't expect Jay White. And I actually, I was like, ow! 
pretty stoked yeah, about it. Yeah, Tony Khan took to Twitter, said that he didn't actually have Jay White until Sunday night because he realized he goofed on what the forbidden door was. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> listen. And then didn't correct it until after Dynamite. I thought that was hilarious. Good. Let's uh, he, Listen, he knew he did something wrong. He addressed it. And be gone. It's still a great pop. I can't see Jay White in an AEW ring. He's on impact the night, the next night. Yeah. I believe. Awesome. Jay White. But, but who was billed as such forbidden door for the, what was it? The revolution face of a revolution ladder match. Yeah. Isaiah turns Cassidy. out to be Keith Lee. Limitless. Keith Lee. Keith Picking Lee. up the victory over Isaiah Cassidy to advance to that match. I thought this was awesome. I, and, uh, I loved everything about this. I think they highlighted Keith Lee very well. From even the first move of the match, that throw that like went viral. And again, Isaiah Cassidy getting another big spot here within the past week. You know, he had that great TNT title match on Rampage. Now he gets to work with a guy like Keith Lee, who looks like he was having a blast out there. We have also, uh, Go ahead. I do have to say I'm pretty jealous of Keith William, Mia Yim, and everybody that went to their wedding. Why? Because it was at Disney. <laughs> yeah, dude. I like I. I would be open to going to a wedding at Disney World. I was yeah, able to be nice. like, oh, well, that's obviously the the wedding pavilion. I know that, <laughs> and I know that it's um. Uh, I forget what hotel now, but I remembered at the time. I don't. I'm not too familiar with the. The hotels, but uh, Grand Floridian, I think it was. Okay, um, yeah, but they they highlighted Keith Lee perfectly here. Yeah, it was a great debut. It was a fantastic debut. I was listening to Busted Open yesterday. They were putting it over to the moon. You know, they said like Keith Lee looks like he's having fun again. You know, it's not Bearcat Keith Lee. It's Keith Lee. They you know he doesn't have to be in a full suit anymore. He gets to be in a trunks. He gets to work as a big man. Mark Quinn got involved afterwards. Keith Lee took both of them out. Yeah. I liked Matt Hardy oh, leaving, but. Yes. I, I, felt... I think, do you think though, do you think now, sorry to cut you off, but do you think now this is kind of the end of the Hardy family office? Because he's, he's like, these guys aren't, these guys aren't worth it. You know, eventually do we see Jeff Hardy come in? I think we definitely see Jeff Hardy come in, but that's why, like, I felt awkward watching that Matt Hardy leaving thing because it was definitely making light of what Jeff Hardy did. Okay. So I do feel like that's going to somehow lead to the Hardy boys yes. in AEW. But I, feel I don't like feel he... like that's coming anytime soon. I don't know how long Jeff Hardy has left. I think they said, I think Matt said on a Twitch stream recently that I read somewhere on a news site, news with a Z that he has like till March for his 90 day. So, yeah, maybe like a month from now. Yeah. But even maybe they, they might tail it back to another big event. And then I, there's like people like, oh, well, I don't want to see the Hardy Boys in AEW. I'd rather see Jeff Hardy go at it as as Jeff Hardy by himself. I know, but maybe he wants to come in and work with his brother. Maybe this is, you know, this is kind of the, the tail end of the Hardy's careers. Yeah. And, and what I'm were they sure both we all thought for? the Hardy Boys were ending the their careers at WrestleMania 33 when they came back. AEW didn't exist then. Yeah. So, so but and now they get to work with a lot of different talent, not just. I, I'm the sure we're. Yeah, they're going to come in. We'll see the Young Bucks again. I have to assume that, right? On a bigger stage, absolutely, we'll see that. I'm assuming the first 
feud they'll have is against private party. You know, because Matt, you know, Matt took to Twitter this week. He's like, you know, I, I believed in these guys. I guess I was totally wrong. So, Jurassic I mean, we Express. Could, we could potentially see Jeff Hardy square up with Sting again. That too. So when they're like a like a good version of it. Yes. Yes. When they're when they're uh, I I know what you mean on the good version. Uh, but let's get to other a tag team action as CM Punk and his surprise. Uh, mystery tag team partner John Moxley defeated FTR, uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. I thought this is this was a very good tag team match. The ending was a little too much for me. <laughs> Dude, it started out perfectly fine for me. It started out perfectly fine. We had even in the beginning uh, when Moxley was wrestling, they started that the GCW chant. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, but we where he's wearing Cash- a Kira sweatshirt. Yeah. Also, CM Punk rocking the trunks that he wore when he faced the Shield, I believe. I, I yeah, yeah. Did you post that? Somebody posted that on online this week, and I was like, oh wow. I don't. I didn't post it. I, I knew CM Punk previously wore those trunks. I didn't know that it was against the Shield until somebody pointed it out. Yeah. yeah. I remembered CM Punk with longer hair wearing that. Yes, like Straight Edge Society days. But uh, but that was also way after as well. So I like that CM Punk's wearing WWE gear too. Hey, listen, maybe he just doesn't want to spend the money to get uh, new stuff yet. <laughs> I mean, he got those long johns and the... The long boys. Those gimmicks, yeah. But but this match, we saw Cash Wheeler use the, the ring bell on CM Punk, and CM Punk kicks out the ending, man. That CM Punk, they set him up for the, the double-team pile driver. Cash didn't do anything when he saw John Moxley coming. Yeah. And then, the like, referee, Tully Blanchard gets in the ring. And she's, yeah, but, and it's like, it makes no sense where the referee didn't care that the illegal men were in the ring. Guess there's too much going on. Cash ends up tapping to the Anaconda device behind the referee's back. Which I thought the was cool. And that was the, I think on, that was the first time he used it in AEW. I believe so as well. But And then, like you said, Tully Blanchard eats a GTS. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which, are we going to see that? Some sort of three-way match? A uh, six-man tag, I should say? Yeah, but who's the legend that uh, Punk's going to work with? Sting. No. No. Sting's like a, still a very active wrestler. You have to put like Arn Anderson in there. I don't know if Arn Anderson could work a match. True. Can but he- Moxley hits a DDT as CM Punk hits the GTS, and Punk picks up the victory as if CM Punk was going to lose. Yeah. I definitely didn't think that it's- was going to happen. I thought... There was instances at the end of that match where I was like, oh, man, CM Punk might actually lose here. No way. Wow. I, I didn't see them doing two weeks back-to-back where CM Punk lost. I mean, he lost twice last week to MJF. Yes, so. he did. After that, though, we saw another debuting opponent. We saw Jade Cargill pick up the victory over AQA, formerly Zeta Ramir in NXT, which I believe was the last time we saw her wrestle. She just recently, I believe, returned to ROW, which... They mentioned in a, a video promo beforehand, she is trained by Booker T. Yes, she is. And uh, I was a fan of her in NXT, so I'm happy to see her here. Hopefully, I don't know if she's signed or not. I don't know if she's signed or not either. But, but I do I hope it, so. Great match. Yeah, I like, I like the, the, I, the pop-up dropkick that she hit um, Jade Cargill with. Picture-perfect shooting star press. Yeah, picture-perfect shooting star press. Jade hitting the tour of the islands. That was sick. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, I, it, 
got a little messy, but uh, ended as expected. Yeah, Jay Cargill didn't win. And AQA, I think, shined way brighter here than Jay did. Yeah, well, you know what? It's again, it, it's not. It wasn't a squash match. You know, eventually you're gonna have all these like rookie people facing Jade, and then somebody's gonna come and be like, oh, you know, we haven't seen Ruby Soho in a while, so maybe she's like, oh, hey, listen, I I know I lost to you in the finals. I want a rematch, and maybe she she beats her then. Ruby but, Soho might make the uh, the roster cut for two K twenty two. Oh yeah. Also, uh, speaking of squash matches, the match afterwards, we saw this Serena Deeb five-minute challenge where she did pick up the victory over Katie Arquette. In a minute. In a minute. Yeah, she looked at the timer. She made sure it was a minute. Yeah, so I like this. The fact that they did back-to-back women's matches, I was blown away. Why? When have they ever done that? Well, now they've got a lot more female talent on their roster. So, I'm uh, I'm hoping we get more women's matches on every week episode of Dynamite. Yeah, every it, week because their women's roster now is starting to get very stacked. We've spoken about you know back the NXT Yellow and Gold had the best female roster I, in I, professional not even rest- NXT Yellow, Black, and Yellow, whatever Gold and Black. WWE still to this day, but between all their brands combined. Yeah. Dude, between NXT, NXT UK, Raw, SmackDown, there's no comparison. There's literally no comparison. Yeah, there kind of can be. There's there's no way. The Impact Raw, the the Impact Knockouts division. But there's still AEW's like, wins division having, right now. There's too big of names elsewhere that you're not getting. Like you cannot. There's no way. What big names does WWE have? Charlotte. I mean, yeah, Sasha Banks, Becky Two, Lynch, three, Bianca Belair, four. Alexa Bliss. Five. I, I mean, you could just name their roster. Okay, you could name Impact. Deanna Perrazzo, who is the, the, the best female wrestler last year. Mickey James, legend, doing incredible things right now. You have Chelsea Green, who's solid in there. Tasha Steeles, awesome. Um, Rosemary, I think Rosemary gets overlooked all the time, who's fantastic. There's five right there, too. But, I, I mean, you can keep going, though. Even the current champions, Zelina and Carmella. It's like there's there's so many women in the WWE right now. There's that so many women everywhere in professional wrestling. So, yes. we will, we will, and A, it's subjective. Again, so, um, let's continue on to your main event in which Hangman Page picked up the victory over Lance Archer in a Texas death match, um, a bloodbath. And started backstage. Started backstage, which I liked. <laughs> Why was there a random pane of glass there? Hey, listen. Sometimes maybe people are look at themselves in the mirror. Maybe it was a. Maybe they're using uh, you know maybe using it as a COVID shield. I didn't Should get be- what that was. It was like I, I I think there were I don't know if it was Lance Archer's logo or something on there, but they ended up going through it. But Dan Lambert made his way out. Jake Roberts made his way out, making his uh, return by the way to Boardwalk Hall. Yeah. And uh, Dan Lambert takes off the top rope, so... Again, it, that kind of plays to the story here of what's Hangman, Hangman Page's finisher. The Buckshot yeah, Larry, he's the top rope, couldn't hit it. Brother, I some, almost threw up during this match. There were some bumps in this match. Not even a bump. The Literally, one of, like, brother, we talk about how gross the Jeff Hardy ear gauge spot was. Yeah. That continues to happen. Lance Archer stabbed Adam Page with a fork multiple times, covered in Adam Page's blood, and then 
stuck it in his mouth and licked it. I literally almost threw up. I watch a lot of deathmatch wrestling, so to this was this to me was for just me like, that was worse than the Jeff Hardy ear spot. You did not see the second night of GCW Homecoming, where no, you didn't watch GCW Homecoming, where Drew Parker threw darts in the back of Alex Cologne. Or even, like, Jimmy Lloyd does the syringe spot, too, which is totally cringe. Brother, he ate Adam Page's blood. Like, you're all, they all get tested. With a fork. It just showed how much of a monster Ugh. that he was. The bumps in this match were sick. I that thought... That blackout onto the steel steps oh my the God, outside was dead. nuts. And there was, and there was times in this match where I'm like, oh, man, Lance Archer is going to win the title here. No. Not for me here. Well, you know, suspend disbelief here. All right, Mark? And then uh, that, uh, God, that referee spot. I don't know if he was cleaning up the barbed wire or whatever that was used, but it was somewhat creative for yes, the buckshot lariat. Yes, it was very lariat. cool. And then, uh, yeah, he hit the buckshot lariat over the referee and uh, took Lance Archer through one of the tables outside and and then retained the championship. Yeah. So how cool. And, and then. I liked, uh, did you see Hangman's tweet after that? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I hate bleeding every month or whatever. <laughs> Do you feel like I'm, this I'm, match was, like, main event worthy? Yes, absolutely. Do you feel like his run as champion's been, like, championship worthy or no? I feel like he... I feel like people are kind of putting him under a microscope a little bit more. But I feel like he has been a fighting champion. Get Kenny, o- Kenny, like... Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson... This match against Lance Archer, they've all been bangers. I just feel like after Brian Danielson, it like fizzled out. I know, well, because everybody was thinking that Brian Danielson was going to win, so they're like, "Oh man!" And again, I was, I really wanted to see Adam Page versus He's... Lance Archer, but then as soon as they announced it to be a death match, I was like, "Nah." I'm uh, good. I I think it worked. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying this run. As he has been a very fighting champion, unlike Kenny Omega, who was a weasel and only defended it, you know, X amount of times. So, I, but then again, and like Adam Page, I think what is is this three? Um, I think is this his third defense? I know, but he's been the champion for three months. <laughs> mm. He won it in November. It's February. Well, afterwards, and, and top tier talent. Afterwards, Adam Cole made his way out and gave the title back to Hangman. Yeah, I thought they put it on his shoulders. I th- hey, both I forgot members- about that rampage spot where he like claimed he was coming for the title. <laughs> I thought like he was welcoming welcoming him back to like the, yeah. the club. Um, well, you know, he said it earlier. He said, "When you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life." So there's a right, sign yeah. of respect there between the two of them. So uh, you you know Adam Cole like he'll be like, "Yeah, oh, I'm gonna beat you." I don't think Adam Cole is winning, unfortunately. I think, and he said it in the beginning of the show, I think MJF is your next world champion. And I said that at the end of 2021, and I stand by that because there is nobody else. You can't go babyface to tweener champion. You have to go babyface to heel. So you get him over a little bit more. Did did that match with Orange Cassidy hurt Adam Cole? Not at all. I think he shined in that match a lot. Uh, but for him to like lose to a hug? He got hugged through... <laughs> Falling off of, uh, you know, a, a sca- essentially a scaffolding. I don't think it hurt him at all. Also, uh, speaking of the, the club, AJ Styles, again, 
refusing to say that he was ever a leader of the Bullet Club. But he was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? No, because Carl... He, like, he, he said, I was, I was not the leader of Bullet Club. What do you see to say this again? I want to say it... I want to say it was Chris Van... Chris Van Fleet? I want to say it was his interview. I'm not 100 Great interviewer, sure. CVV. But AJ Styles apparently says it over and over again. And it's like, brother, we lived it with you. Yeah. <laughs> So if you weren't like he goes bullet club is like, it's like one for all, all for one or yes. whatever. But it's like, if you weren't the leader, who was, there was no leader. Yeah, there was, there was leaders all the time. But anyway, I thought it was an outstanding ramp, uh, dynamite as they have been for the past couple of years, weeks. It's been great for the past two years or so too. Uh, we got rampage coming up, which was last night. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. You got the Young Bucks versus Rapunky Vice. Hook facing off against QT Marshall's student, Blake Lee. And then you're going to have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match on the line. The Jungle Boy Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be facing off against the S-Boys. I'm not calling them the Gub Club. They are now a fit. Did you, you heard the song. Of course. That song gets stuck in my head. Colin Young. Uh, Twitching Tongues. God's Hate. Uh, band, mem- uh, band member Brody King. Uh, and uh, Guarsenio Hall. Two minutes to midnight. Fantastic. I can't wait for them... I can't wait for their feud with Danhausen. It's going to be great. So, And um, one last thing I want to talk about, because uh, it wouldn't be an episode of uh, Marking Out if we didn't talk about him. Matt Cardona, this Saturday night in, uh, in Oak Grove, Kentucky, wherever that might be, will uh, be facing off... I think it's in Kentucky. Oh, where in Kentucky is the question, <laughs> Larry. Um, anyway... Trevor Murdoch will be defending the 10 pounds of gold against always ready Matt Cardona. Do we see Matt Cardona picking up the victory here? What do you think? <laughs> I don't see it. Really? I I definitely welcome it, though. I mean, I feel like it would be a good spike in interest from for the NWA if Matt was the champion. Because Has he been working um, like as a team with Mike Knox? Knox is essentially his heater. All right. So that could be, you know, where they, where you see him. I mean, where he comes into play. So we'll see where it goes from there. You have a stacked card. I'm trying to pull it up right now, but I suck and can't find it anywhere right now. But Trevor Murdoch versus Always Ready Matt Cardona for the ten pounds of gold. I'm stoked about it. It'll be awesome. Uh, hopefully Matt comes out with the W, so then he can take the 10 pounds of gold to Disney World in Paris. Oh, yeah, he's going there, huh? He's going there, yeah, for sure. Oh, and then Friday, he defends the absolute and intense uh, championships in AIW, so this could be a hell of a weekend for the $1,000 broski. And on that note, Chris, what is your match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. My match of the week this week comes from Beyond Wrestling. Day 91. Uh, no, it's not Matt Cardona versus Ricky Shane Page. I match was great, but it is Slade versus Biff Busick. This is Biff Busick's first match since being released from the WWE as Oni Larkin. Uh, bag- I heard great things about this match. Dude, what a brutal match. And it just shows you, like, it's so. I'm so pumped to have Biff Busick back on the Indies to be wherever he wants to go. And Slade is, you know, he was, he was the creator. Uh, create a pro cap TV champion. He lost it over the weekend there at Rourke. Um, but uh, he's one of those guys. He's just a scary, scary dude. 
and for him yeah. to go toe to toe, Biff Music was awesome. Highly recommended. It. It's on IWTV. Big fan of Biff Music. Yeah. Oh, and also we want to give a shout out to. Well, I know it's not shout outs, but we want to give a shout out to Bryce Donovan. Uh, he's now the Creative Pro uh, number one contender. He got hurt over the weekend, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, and that's that on my end with my match of the week. So now let's go to Brandon. Who are you shouting out? Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Murderville. Have you heard about this or no? Uh, no, I have not. Tell it's, me more about it, though. It's on Netflix, and it's based on the British television program called um, Murder in Successville. This Murderville stars Will Arnett as a detective. And it places a celebrity guest into each episode, and the celebrity guests don't have a script. Uh-huh. So they have to improv their way through the whole episode, and they have to figure out who murdered. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so Conan was on, Annie Murphy, Marshawn Lynch killed it. Sharon Stone, Kumail Nanjiani, and Ken Jong were the six celebrity guests for... This ep- I don't know if it's going to be another season or not, but these six were on each episode, so or one each episode. And I thought it was pretty funny. I, I saw the the people that were fans of the murder in Successville were like, oh, "You took this and that and this and that, and you completely missed the point of the show." But I thought it was funny. They made people break in the in the show, so I'm yeah. a, I'm a fan of breaking. I'll have to check it out on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll check out a 30-second clip. That's easier. Yeah, a trailer would do just fine. Okay, I'll, yeah, 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 I could do and that. And then you'll see that you're going to be into the show, and you'll watch it on Netflix. Exactly. Next shout-out's going to Fast Foodies, which is a show on... I don't remember which channel it's on. TBS. Is it on TBS? It was on after Dynamite. That's what I, I I feel like it's not on TBS though, but it might be on TBS. Whatever, it might be on TNT. But uh, Chris Jericho was on last week's episode, and they have three chefs that try to recreate fast food dishes that a celebrity of the day likes. And Chris Jericho chose Mama's pancake breakfast from Cracker Barrel. So that was like a big bundle of. Hell yes, he's getting a shout out. Or and this is it, getting a shout out. That's always delicious. Yeah, three pancakes, some fried apples on the side, two eggs, some uh, bacon, or some, I think it's turkey sausage. So that's a definitely, yeah, turkey definitely sausage. A, definitely a go to item on the menu from Cracker Barrel. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, and then the last shout out, Jonathan Freeman is getting it because. I uh, I just saw that he's retiring from doing Jafar on Broadway a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he's pretty much Jafar in everything except for the live action stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, every single animated movie, video game, and Broadway. Jonathan Freeman was playing Jafar. And up until, I think, the end of January, he called it quits. Oh wow, that's cool. Very uh very surprising to see that, but I, and also I believe he's the only person to ever voice a character and then take it over to Broadway. Yeah. So, 
but I did get to see him on Broadway in 2017, and that was it was awesome to have the real voice of Jafar in the show. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. So it's a shame that the new generation of fans going to see Aladdin on Broadway will not be able to have the actual actor play Jafar, but I went and looked up to see like last bows and stuff on YouTube and they brought out the replacement for Jafar and he ends it by like doing a Jafar voice. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this guy's perfect. (laughs) He sounds just like Jafar. He's like, get here, buy the ticket, something, whatever he said, it sounded just like Jafar would say it. So that's cool. Go see Aladdin on Broadway. (laughs) I think Broadway week might still be happening, but uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our Markout Moment of the Week. That is right, our Markout Moment of the Week. What do you got? What do I got? Um, So. For me, it was definitely playing Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song when I stepped off of the airplane. That's not what I thought um, you were going to say. What, what do you mean you played his theme song? Well, I thought it was very fitting. So I always figured if I ended up in Texas, I would play his theme song for even five seconds. But did you play it? You played it on your, your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your ears or like everybody heard you? Everybody heard me. Is this a shoot? No, everybody heard me. But they it's a to. shoot, right? You actually yeah. did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, how how much perfect could it be where, like, when I went to Texas, the hotel room <laughs> next to me was room 316. That's cool. I'm sitting there wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt for, I believe, the first time. That shirt that I was wearing had to take a picture in front of 316. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did wear my 316, my Stone Cold shirt. I first saw that. Day. I noticed that. Yeah. Yep. I did wear that. Um, it's, again, it's like, how could you not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I did. I was talking to one of the uh, one of the fellow physical therapists at the convention and um, at the conference, and he ends up that he's a big pro wrestling fan. So we ended up taking a picture doing the five second pose. Yeah, that I could not believe you had somebody there do that. But uh, that it makes so much more sense that they were a wrestling fan. I thought. Oh, he was a he's a huge he's a huge mark. I thought maybe huge they mark. weren't any I, wrestling fans at all. So. No, no, he he and I have been conversing back and forth between using GIFs, uh, wrestling stuff back and forth, and we finally got a chance to meet, and it was awesome. I was so excited and very happy and, and grateful, and, you know, we spoke about wrestling, and we were like, all right, let's take a picture. He's like, five-second pose? <laughs> and, I'm, and I was just like, yeah, let's do it. So then he, he went into the intro, and then... Like for those uh, of you with flash photography, for the benefit uh, of those with yeah, flash yeah, yeah. photography, for the benefit of those, yeah, with flash photography, then we hit the pose uh, for five seconds, nothing more, um, and it was awesome. And then I, I did promote marking out to our waiter. Um, if if you are listening, thank you for waiting our table. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, yeah, but overall, it was that's what I really. Uh, Marked out for I marked out for all of those. I, I thought for sure you were taking it the AEW route. <laughs> Talking about Switchblade and Keith Lee showing up, but 
Oh, no, I didn't really care. Oh, ouch. I mean, no offense. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Switchblade, I was just like, oh, it's evil Tony Nese. And then <laughs> Keith Lee, <laughs> sorry, it, it totally is. Uh, and then Keith Lee, it's cool. I'm happy for him. You know, I think he's going to excel, but I didn't, like, mark out over it. It's like I'm expecting these guys to, I mean, Keith, uh, uh, Jay White I didn't expect. But Keith Lee, I mean, I was expecting him to appear at AEW. Right. You know, so it wasn't really like a huge mark out kind of a deal. Um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really have that big of mark outs. But have you been watching the Olympics? Yeah, I saw that Mexico's Olympic ski team has uh, lucha masks all over their suit for the Olympics. No, oh, well, that's cool. I guess they do like culturally themed attires for each Olympics. Okay, and this one they chose lucha masks so i thought that was pretty cool and also speaking of the olympics the rock was in an opening video package for team usa and he also announced that he'll be part of this the the pre-show for the super bowl on sunday and given that these two events are part of the peacock family like surely he has to be part of WrestleMania 38, right? Complete the, the the three, the three big ones that they've been promoting. I mean, I would think so. Also, part of the Olympics, a picture was posted on the internet of one of the stages. It's the original SmackDown ramp. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I saw that. But other than that, that's that's a that's basically my main markouts for this week. And uh, that is episode 575. Remember to check us out on Twitter, at MarkinOut, on Instagram, at MarkinOut11, BTTG161, Twitter and Instagram, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CMSweeney85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out, MarkinOut11 on YouTube. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark Now. Get that Grizzled Pod Veterans t-shirt. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. TikTok us. Is that a thing people say? The youth? TikTok.com. Marking out. At Marking out on TikTok. We got probably the lowest of qualities of video. The lowest (laughs) quality video, I should say, on TikTok in history of TikTok. At Marking Out. And then, of course, you could check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. And we wish you the... The... Best... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.